you serve a meal and you get all those groans and it starts to ruin your meal right off the bat, don't give up. And you can say, and this is what I do to my family to this day. I say, is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down meal? And if I get a thumbs down, I don't take it as defeat. I look at my family and I say, okay, well, what could I do differently next time to make it work? Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. I want to share with you how I can help you get back to feeling like yourself so that you can love yourself and your life as a mom. If you're on the verge of burnout, feeling exhausted and overwhelmed by all the things you have to do, and you're so busy taking care of everyone and everything else that you have zero time for yourself, then listen up. You may have thought that when your babies were out of diapers, you'd have more time for yourself. Then as your kids grew, you thought that they, when they started school, you'd get back to doing things that you'd like to do. Well, now you're realizing that it's been way too long and your life has been so focused on taking care of it all that you can't even remember what it is that you like to do. And when you look in the mirror, you barely recognize the woman staring back. Well, I can help you. I know you can do it all. But why is it that trying to do it all is leaving you constantly feeling like you can't? You're trying so hard to keep it together on the outside, yet you're falling apart on the inside. I want to help. I understand what's happening because I've been where you are now. As a clinical therapist, a coach, and a fellow mom who was once drowning under the pressures of what turned out to be my own expectations, I want to share with you the tools and strategies that have helped me to reclaim myself and design a life I wanted to be living. Together, we will recover your sense of self. Imagine making time in your day to not only hear your own thoughts, but to recharge and feel alive. As we work to minimize mom brain, you will absolutely feel more centered and balanced. Right now, you may not even know what it is that you need or want, but soon enough, you will be able to ask for exactly what you need. You'll be able to engage in your own passions and interests without feeling guilty, and you'll find that you can be more present for your children, and who wouldn't want that? Not to mention, you'll finally be able to rest once you learn how to give yourself time and space to do so. Your relationships will improve, not only with others, but you'll love who you see in the mirror. Ultimately, you'll feel more confident about yourself, and you'll be more willing to dream bigger, leading to a more fulfilled life. But I need you to take the next step. Click on the link in the show notes of today's episode to see what days and times I have available so that we can see if taking the next step together makes sense. Book a call today to start your journey to reclaiming and loving yourself. We have here today on the show, Linda Liederman. Linda, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. So today's guest used to be a terrible cook. But now Linda's become a kitchen confidence coach, helping busy moms with meal planning, cooking skills, and kitchen organization. With her help, moms can serve their families delicious dinners with side dishes of games and clever conversations. This coaching, co- this cooking coach is serving up some stress-free, easy, delicious, and fun meals. 
Today, Linda will be sharing with us some tips and strategies to help us to not only get dinner on the table quicker, but also to feel more confident in the kitchen. So let's just dive in. Linda, share with us a bit about your journey and how you got to be where you are today. Absolutely. So going back in the time machine, I used to tell my mom she was the most boring cook on the planet. And she was, you know, and no offense to my mom because I love her dearly, but she really was terrible. And so she said when I was in high school, okay, smart Alex, you do the cooking. And she bought me at the time a book called The Joy of Cooking, which is a huge, huge encyclopedia of recipes with no pictures. And yes, my mom I has that book. <laughs> I definitely could have used the pictures. So she said, you know, pick out a recipe, tell me what the ingredients are that I need to buy. And one day a week you're in charge of cooking. Well, I was a cocky teenager, so sure. And my first attempt was Swedish meatballs. And trust me, there is no Swedes in my family history. I never had had one. I didn't even know what they look like. And of course, they came out like a disaster. All right, beginner's bad luck. The next week, I made something, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, veal cordon bleu, which is stuffed veal with cheese and ham or something. Also horrible. Third week, I can't remember what I made, but I was banned for life from cooking for my family. So that's how I started my cooking <laughs> career. So anybody who um, is frustrating with their cooking skills, I'm here to tell you, you have hope. And what happened was, instead of me saying, okay, I'm a terrible cook, I took it as a challenge. And I said, okay, game on. I'm going to prove you all wrong. And I proceeded to actually understand what the cookbook recipes were saying. I took cooking classes. I attended cooking institutes. And this was really just for fun because I went to law school. So this was really my side hustle for the most part. And then I had kids and their friends would come over and you know they'd have sleepovers and I'd make dinner. I wasn't buying takeout pizza every time there was a sleepover. And their friends would say, wow, my mom doesn't cook like this. We don't play games at the table. Can you teach her how to do it? And a new business was born out of the mouth of babes. Huh. So you obviously liked cooking. Right? I find like, it tremendously creative. You okay. know, if once you know what you're doing, and there's a learning curve, you know, I'm not gonna to, to make believe there isn't, but once you learn what you're doing, you can do anything you want. And if you know the shortcuts, I always tell my clients. Dinner doesn't have to be complex to be delicious and wonderful. Mm -hmm. And part of the process is you want to be making memories for your family because dinner time is so important. You know, the studies show that family sit-down meals, your kids will do better in school. They're less likely to use drugs. They have better communication skills, better social skills. Well, who wouldn't want that for their family? And it's really tough on women who come home at the end of a busy day, or even if they're volunteering or working at home, and they're too and too tired to make that happen. And it's too much of a, a precious thing to say, I'll just pull in pizza. You can't. So if you learn the skills, um, you'll find it incredibly relaxing because the rewards are so amazing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I border, <laughs> I go back and forth between whether I like cooking or not. So I'm glad to have you on today because I want you to convince me otherwise that I, I should like it. <laughs> there's a, my, it's funny, my husband and I still joke, the very first meal, like the first sit down meal, like when we first got married, I cooked him rice in a slow cooker and it was crunchy as heck. Like 
he was like, we still drink whiskey. And he ate it. And I was like, oh, well, this guy's a keeper because we'll eat anything <laughs> I cook. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to eat this. Like, it was crunchy. I'm like, I must not have put enough water and stuff. But like, my cooking skills have, have fortunately advanced since then. But I definitely struggle with enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I find it as a chore. I find it as like just one more thing that has to be done. And I get tired of the same meals. So that's, that's where um, meal planning comes in. And truthfully, if you were to tell me years ago that I would need to be meal planning, I'd tell you, I am too much of a free spirit. And how the heck do I know what my family wants to eat on Wednesday when today is Sunday? I'm just not into it. That's not me. Right. So what I do is I teach meal planning to fit your lifestyle and your cooking style. So you don't have to plan it out for an entire week or a month or however you want to do it. And you don't have to give up your Sunday. So that's really the first step to start enjoying it is to take the stress off your shoulders. Take Mm -hmm. the stress off your shoulders about how fantastic it's got to be. You know, every meal doesn't have to be a masterpiece. Right. And (laughs) And also take the stress off your shoulders on you don't have to cook from scratch every night. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I like to teach people is how to batch cook. And if you're not familiar with the term, it means make a lot of a particular ingredient or part of your meal and repurpose your leftovers another day. And I specifically say repurpose because who wants to eat Taco Tuesday right. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? You know, it's just, right. you, you get bored beyond belief. So if you learn how to redo your ingredients for another night, you're not cooking from scratch and it's much quicker. So I'll give you a really easy example. God, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you for an okay. example. How so do you my kids like spicy food. <laughs> and so I make a spicy Asian meatball and you can make it with ground turkey, ground chicken, beef, pork, whatever you want. And I, when I make it, I make it in a sheet pan in the oven because I don't like to clean up the splatter when you make things in a pan. You know, make your cleanup easy just like you want to make your cooking easy. So I make these spicy meatballs um, in the in the oven. Very simple with fresh ginger, fresh garlic, um, a little soy sauce, a little bit of toasted sesame oil. If you have any... Um, sriracha or any hot spicy thing that you use, feel free to put it in. If you don't have any Asian hot spices, use Frank's hot sauce. You know, you have to learn how to be flexible in your cooking. Mm. Again, otherwise you're going to drive yourself nuts. Right. So let's say I make them in the oven. And that first night I will make uh, pad thai noodles. And all that is, is rice noodles. You can buy them in the grocery store and to cook them, you pour boiling water on them for and let them sit for five minutes. I mean, couldn't be easier than that. Yeah. And then I'll make a peanut sauce to go on it. And all I do is take peanut butter, a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of toasted sesame oil, and a drop of orange juice to lighten it up a little bit, warm Mm -hmm. it up. That goes on the noodles. So now I have this great meatball dish, my noodles. If I wanted a green, you could steam some baby bok choy or snow peas. Again, simple, simple. That meal is done probably from start to bottom in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll make an extra batch of those meatballs. The next night, or maybe two nights later, I'll take those extra meatballs if I have any, and I'll grind them up, you know, I'll just crumple them up. And I'll put them in a lettuce leaf with some Busan sauce, which again is something you can buy at every grocery store. And now you're eating this, A, you get to eat with your hands, when who doesn't like to eat with your hands, especially <laughs> kids. Um, and you've got this great dish. You can serve it with rice on the side. 
I'd make a double batch of rice. And then the reason why you make a double batch of rice is because in order to make fried rice, you need day old rice. So two days later, your rice is done. Make it into fried rice, boom, boom, boom. If you have leftover chicken or something else, put it on top, another meal done. So you've made a whole bunch of meals with really very relatively little cooking because you're repurposing a lot of your ingredients. So I'm curious, do you mostly follow recipes or do you use your creativity to like come up with yourself? With your I own? never follow a recipe. Okay. Ever. I have over a thousand cookbooks, which is insane. <laughs> it's like the crazy cat lady of cookbooks. I admit it. Um, but when you're first learning, you do need to follow a recipe mm -hmm. and you don't need to follow it exactly because your tastes are probably very different than the person who wrote it. Like my family loves garlic. So if I see a recipe and it says one cold, one uh, clove of garlic, I'm going to laugh because right. that is not enough garlic for my family. So I'm mm -hmm. going to add as much as my family's tastes want. Right. But you're still following a recipe, so to speak. But the more you do it, the more you learn what worked and what didn't work for you. And I tell this to some of my clients who have, they like to call their kids picky eaters. I would like to call them something else because once they get that label, they they like cling on to it and then they don't yeah. want to eat anything. So right. you have budding taste bud people, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> but what you do is if you serve a meal and you get all those groans and it starts to ruin your meal right off the bat, don't give up. And you can say, and this is what I do to my family to this day. I say, is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down meal? And if I get a thumbs down, I don't take it as defeat. I look at my family and I say, okay, well, what could I do differently next time to make yeah, it better? Well, Sure. And now you're teaching yeah. your kids to think about their taste buds, what they like, mm -hmm. what they don't like, what flavors do. And then next time you try to make the recipe, use their suggestions. So you're, you know, you're giving them credence, you're giving them confidence. Right. And if it comes out great, wow, they get to be the star. And if not, you learn another lesson. So right. you're not always following recipes. Once you learn the techniques and the basic skills, you can really vary. And one of the reasons that comes in handy is, let's say you're following a recipe and you're missing some of the ingredients and now it's late. And now you're like, oh my God, you're face palming your forehead because you don't have the ingredient. You don't know what to do for dinner because now you're all in a tizzy. But if you know how you can substitute things, you're not gonna be thrown off. So yeah. all these things, once you know these little skills and talents, all of a sudden, your anxiety about cooking, your stress about cooking starts to go by the wayside because you know how to deal with it quickly, easily, and presumably deliciously. It's so funny that you just brought that up because this morning I, I've been working all day and my kids have off from school. So my 12-year-old was upstairs and um, she was making something out of the TikTok cookbook that we had, right? I think it was like chocolate chip French toast or something. So we didn't have chocolate chips, but she's like, I'm just going to make it just regular without chocolate chips. And then, so I said, we have all the ingredients. Well, she gets halfway down and she, she realized that it had condensed milk. And I'm like, well, we don't have condensed milk. So we just like quick did like a problem solve. She, she Googled how to make homemade condensed milk and was able to make the homemade condensed milk. And I'm assuming it turned out good because they ate it all. So, story. <laughs> so yeah, her. so just, just this morning, we had that whole substitution thing going on. And thank goodness for Google. You can quick look up what, what would be a good substitution for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes? 
Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. So your website and all, and all about you is the Balabalusta, right? Did I say that right? Balabusta. Balabusta. I think I added an extra syllable there. So <laughs> tell us what is that? Okay, so a balabusta is an old-fashioned Yiddish term for a woman who makes a fine home. Now, my fine home is the anti-Martha Stewart fine home. In other words, I want you to put your feet up. You know, you don't need a coaster under your water glass, but you want to be the home that everybody wants to go to. You want your kids' friends to be at your house and be comfortable because that's a huge part of parenting to know who your kids' friends are. And you want to be comfortable enough with them and them to be comfortable enough with you. So should they have an issue, they will come to you if they're too embarrassed to go to their parents. So you also want the place where people come because they know they're going to have a great time, great conversation, great company, and that extra bonus is delicious food. Nice. So what, what, brought you to that like are, how did you come up with that um I've heard the term used because I come from a family where Yiddish was spoken okay and so it was not an alien concept and it seems to be capturing the essence of what I think a wonderful family home life should be you want to be that yeah. home where everybody goes and food is so much a part of our lives you know we celebrate births and birthdays and weddings and graduations and silly holidays all with food so learn to make it fun learn to make it fantastic yeah what do you what do you find is the number one reason that moms lack confidence in the kitchen some of them haven't been taught the skills you know I I find that a lot of moms really don't know basic cooking techniques they're also a little reluctant to try something new because God forbid it fails or doesn't taste great. And I'm here to tell you it's okay if it doesn't taste great. You know, not every meal is a resounding success and it's not a reflection on you. You know, sometimes people think I'm a failure. My food was terrible. I burnt the roast, whatever the, the category is. No, it's food. Have right, fun. like detach from that. Have fun. Detach from that. So when you let's let's circle back to the meal planning because that's something that i've I've recently started doing and i have found that it helps me kind of stay stay focused and when it's time for like when that day comes i do plan it i actually plan just four meals a week because Mm -hmm. i'm like one day is going to be leftovers one day is going to be off the cuff like so i actually just have to come up with four dinners and i make it a collaborative effort saying like what do you guys want or like picking meals from the past and everything. But I want to know any kind of tips or strategies to help moms who may not, like they think of meal planning and they think of similar to what you were thinking. Like I've got to plan out for the whole meal. I don't know what they're going to want on Friday, like on Monday. And like, so what are some tips and strategies that you can offer to help moms who might be reluctant? reluctant Sure. Before you do any of any meal planning, I always tell people, look at your calendar. Because if you're thinking, I've got to make this, and you're gathering your recipes, and all of a sudden you're working later, 
your kids have after school activities or something else goes akin in your time frame, that big meal that you were going to try, you can't do. So when you're thinking about what you're going to do for the week, know what your schedule will look like. You know, it's great to be ambitious. It's great to try new things, but you have to be realistic. So that's number one. Number two, I would say, know what's in your pantry, your freezer, and your refrigerator. Do a little inventory because my guess is you might have some things back there that are either no longer fresh tasting, which is going to affect the quality of your food. I mean, spices don't last forever. So if you bought some ingredient and it's been sitting there for five years because you forgot the recipe you were supposed to use it in, and that happens to all of us, you know, we've all, we all have those ingredients hiding somewhere or, or that one thing you bought that you thought you were going to make and you forgot to make it and you forgot the recipe. So know what you have. That's number one. Okay. Know how to use no, that's it. That's number two. That's number two. Number two. Number one is know what's on your calendar. <laughs> know, number, know what's on your calendar. Know what you have know what you need, and then know how to use it all. Okay. And it applies to both your refrigerator, your freezer, and your pantry. Because once you start learning the basic techniques, meal planning will become instinctive to you. Because you know, I've got something in the refrigerator. I bought that chicken two days ago. I have to make it, you know, because you know that it's going to go bad. So, and when you're starting to do your meal planning, it doesn't have to always be written out. You could think, okay, today I'm going to make chicken. And if I make rice with it, I'll know in two days or three days, I'll make fried rice and I'll do something else with it. So all of a sudden you can, you know, it's nice to start formally doing it written out, but the more you do it, it becomes intuitive. And that's really the goal with both meal planning, meal prepping and cooking. It's getting to the point where everything becomes intuitive. You know, mm -hmm. so you can look and say, oh my gosh, I don't have a whole lot of time today, but boy, I know I can take that pasta and I've got some um, Parmesan cheese and I've got some garlic and I've got some green veggie that I can steam in there and maybe some shrimp I can just grill up in two seconds and throw it all together and boom, I got a meal. So you sure. have to know, you learn how to do that. Yeah, I mean, like that sounds like, like anything, right? Like the more you do it, the more your confidence grows in it. And Absolutely. Being able to just, to just bring a meal together. Right. And, you, you know, you can um, you can learn to be flexible in your thinking also. You know, sometimes people like to plan by themes. You know, that proverbial Taco Tuesday is on Taco many, Tuesday. many mom's calendars. Meatless Monday. <laughs> that did, but it's, right. Meatless Monday. But it doesn't mean you have to make the same Taco Tuesday every right. Tuesday. So maybe one, one Tuesday you'll make a fish taco. Okay. Maybe you'll make a pulled pork taco. Maybe you'll make a shrimp taco. So there's all kinds of things you can do within a theme, or maybe you'll take that pasta, right? Like a pasta day, like a exactly. Wednesday is pasta. And then you can just go and like, well, what can you, you know, a lasagna one day when you have more time. Or it could be just like spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> exactly. But it could be also different kinds of pastas. You can do a rice noodle pasta on a pasta day or a soba noodle kind of pasta or orzo. Or you can make couscous, which is not a pasta at all, but it's a grain. Right, right, the grain, yeah. So the more you learn what to cook and how to cook it, all of a sudden, the more you'll be able to add variety into your cooking. And again, less stress because you have, you're growing your repertoire of options. Yeah, yeah. So I want to touch a little bit about, because I know you add a lot of fun 
to your yeah. meals, to your to your dinner. You know, I, I always think when I think of meals, I think of dinner, although it could be breakfast and lunch as well. What can you just give us um, a little background about like what what does how do you add fun? To OK, the meals so we like to play games at our dinner table. Um, and there's so many kinds of games you can play depending on the age of your children. But I'll tell you one thing that's not a game and then I'll get back to the games. So April happens to be National Poetry Month. So you can already imagine how, how big of a hit that would be in my house. You know, it's not. Nobody could care less about poetry, <laughs> sadly, in my house. But I announced to my family, it's National Poetry Month and I have a request. You have to come down to dinner with a poem tonight. Well, you could have heard the groans all the way to where you were. <laughs> I can imagine. That would be the same in my house. Very exciting prospect by anybody's imagination. And I said to my family, you know, don't be so limited in your thinking. A poem could be an advertising jingle. It could be mm -hmm. a rap song. It could be a real poem. It could be lyrics to a song. A poem can really be anything, or you can make one. You know, create. It could be a haiku, whatever you want. Just come down to dinner with something. And my family's pretty... Um, willing to go along with my things because they usually turn out pretty good. <laughs> so I'm dying to see what's going to happen at dinner time. And believe it or not, my kids, I have two kids and my husband all come with pieces of paper to the <laughs> dinner table. Holy moly, they're paying attention. So my son writes a poem about I hate poetry, which was hysterical. It was hysterical. My daughter came up with some kind of poem she found somewhere, but she read it and she cried and that was really wonderful. My husband wrote a rap song, the worst rap song <laughs> you could possibly imagine. And to this day, when people come over, he says, hey, you know, I wrote a rap song. Do you want to hear it? And we all shout, no, it's horrible. But it made for a really funny, funny, fun dinner. So that's yeah. something you can do. And there's um, special occasion months and special occasion days every day of the week that's not a religious holiday that you can figure out something fun to do. And uh, on my website and on um, my social media, I, when there's a really fun day, I'll post it and I'll give you conversation tips and how to make the, the day fun. Another thing you can do is games. And you can be simple as Mad Libs, which everybody loved. And depending mm -hmm. on the age of your kids, you can limit the kind of words that they can use or not. <laughs> um, you can play trivia questions. You can do round robin stories where one person starts a story and says two, three sentences, and then the next person takes it from there in whatever direction they want to take it to. And you go around the table until the story ends. And that's actually a great way to see how your kids and your and your spouse or partner think. Because yeah. You know, you're thinking about one way and the story goes in a completely yeah. different way. And it's so much, it's such a better way to get to know your kids and saying, what did you do in school today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is usually comes up with nothing. With nothing, <laughs> yeah. So you might as well play a game and have right. fun. Right, but during, at the start of COVID, we um, were doing theme dinners and we would, we had all, a whole jar of like different ideas. We only got through, I think like three or four different ones, but like the kids got really into it. We did come as your favorite cartoon character. And then we did a decade. I think we did sixties one night. Mm -hmm. Then we did eighties, like, and they got so into it. It was fun seeing them come up with their ideas. They thought so about did it. Did you stop? We did stop. Yeah. I don't know why we stopped, but we should have, we should have kept going. Now that yeah, and you know, it. you don't have to do it every day. Like we had a jar with questions, a similar jar with questions mm -hmm. on it, you know, every once in a while, okay, pick out the question, you know, and go at it. Cause they're, they, yeah. they're fun questions. You know, they're not life 
shattering, right. you know, some of your <laughs> questions. Hey moms, can't catch a good night's sleep these days? I've got you. Sleep matters. And because it does, not getting the quantity or the quality you need can have detrimental effects on your health and well-being. To feel your best and not only to get through the day, but to have an absolutely amazing day, you've got to get the sleep your body and mind needs, which is why I developed Sleep Matters, a course for moms to help you take care of yourself and get the kind of sleep you deserve. In this course, I teach you cognitive and behavioral strategies used in the treatment of insomnia. We work to minimize the sleep worries, re-equate your bed with sleep, set you up with a sound nighttime routine, and establish an environment that is conducive to sleep. Don't waste another night tossing and turning. Enroll in Sleep Matters, self-care for the troubled sleeper. And finally, get your Z's. So I ask every guest that comes onto the Moms Without Capes podcast two questions. One is, what is your go-to self-care practice? What do you do to self refresh? Self-care practice is I go for walks. Okay. I find it incredibly relaxing. It gives me time to just hear my own thoughts because you're bombarded during the day with, I don't care if you're volunteering or you're working or you working at home doing mom stuff. You just don't get time to think. There's just so much noise and clutter going on in your head. So when I drop my daughter off at the bus stop in the morning, I go for a walk and I just walk and walk and then I come in and I'm ready to tackle the day, but I need that headspace. Yeah. And then what is your recommended book? What is a favorite book that's either changed your life or that you could recommend to the listeners? You know, I, I read all kinds of books. Um, this is I always love, a hard question to ask. Yeah, that's okay. I, I read one. all kinds of you know, mystery and crimes. I'm a lawyer by trade, so I kind of like that stuff. But when I'm looking for inspiration, I actually like to read biographies. Okay. And so there's two that I found just inspiring, which is really what you want in your life. So the first one was, it's a historical fiction and it's called The Magnificent Life of Marjorie Post. And she's post of both serial, but she started out in a very, very different life. And she had to reinvent herself for a variety of reasons that I don't want to give them away countless numbers of times in her life and every time you think she's going to be defeated she reinvents herself and turns out more successful mm. each time so it's a fabulous fabulous book where you want to say I want to be her you know mm. I want to be able to do that so I really <laughs> like that and then the other book that recently inspired me was called In the Shadow of a Mountain and it's a memoir memoir of courage and it's by a woman named Sylvia Vasquez Lovato. And it's about a woman from South America who had a very abusive childhood, which led to a very dysfunctional teenage and early career life. And for a variety of ways, she pulled herself together by hiking. And she ended up hiking the seven highest mountains in the world. And now she takes women who have been abused on similar treks. And her story of courage and inspiring other women is just something to behold. So I, I just was really um, motivated by it, admire her tremendously. And not only does it motivate you to do something great with your life, 
you know, it doesn't have to be on a grand schedule, but just do something meaningful in yeah. your life. And it also shows you how she gave back to others, which is also a nice thing to read about. Tell us, um, how does someone work with you? Um, they can get in touch with me, uh, either by sending me an email. Uh, they can get in touch with me on my website, balabustasecret.com. I have a Facebook group, Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms, where you have a lot of fun in it. Right now, we're doing a Croctober challenge. And every day I am posting a different slow cooker crock pot slash instant pot recipe. So okay. you, you can get really fun ideas from that. And I run challenges often. Uh, there's often prizes. So that's really fun to participate in. I have an Instagram account, uh, balabustas.secret. And I have uh, a Facebook page, balabustasecret. And if you okay. sign up for my newsletter on my website, um, Hey, you'll get my brilliance every week. <laughs> but in addition to that, you'll see what kind of um, programs I'll be offering. Okay. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. No, oh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Hey mom, short on time, but feeling like you're at the end of your rope or that your bucket is nearing empty? Grab this list of 15 self-care practices that you can do in under 15 minutes. These ideas will get you quickly back on track and are great for moms who are limited on time. I think that's most of us. So check out the show notes or go to momswithoutcapes.com backslash self-care-ideas to download your list today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Capes podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.